have a word for you tonight, so please be seated, and I believe that the Lord's going to help us to see some things tonight. The Lord dropped some things in my heart uh, this evening. I was kind of uh, planning on preaching something else, and, and then he just dropped a word in my heart for you. So, amen. Let's go ahead and open up our hearts and receive. Just open up your hands and say, Lord, I receive. With meekness, the engrafted word which is able to save my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. So turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And of course the Apostle Paul is speaking, and I spoke some things along these lines on Wednesday night, how that we could have faith in his sustaining power, and that he will keep us, amen, intact and that he will keep us whole until he returns well the apostle paul knew very well that his education in his natural wisdom was not nearly enough that was needed for his ministry for example he said in verse three he said and i was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power verse 5 that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men that your confidence should not be in education or in the three points in a poem that man can give and speak so eloquently but he said but your faith must be in the power of God and so that's what we're going to, we're going to talk a little while tonight about faith in the power of God. And we're going to look at a couple individuals that did exercise faith in this power. For example, look over at Mark, the fifth chapter. And of course, you know about this woman with the issue of blood, don't you? Well, the woman with the issue of blood had suffered many things of many physicians. And it was for about 12 years. And the scripture says she didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. Think about it. She spent all of her money, maybe her lifetime savings, on trying to get better in the natural realm. Well, she discovered very quickly that faith in the physicians for her didn't work. And so when she came and when she heard of Jesus, you know, it's a good thing to hear of Jesus. Because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. He is the way out of sickness and disease. He is the way out and up out of depression. So in Mark, the fifth chapter, let's just look at that um, rather quickly. I set it up for you. Um, Mark chapter 5. And notice with me in uh, verse 27. And when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and she touched his garment. She touched his garment. Um, and the, the scripture said, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And so she came in the press behind. And when she touched his garment in verse 29, it says, and right away, the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus knew right away that virtue or everyone say power had gone out of him, he turned him about in the press, 
And he said to his disciples, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, well, there's a bunch of people here. But he looked at the woman to see who had done this thing. The woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, in verse 34, he said unto her, Daughter, my faith, thy faith has made ye whole. In other words, this power was on Jesus. This power was in Jesus to the degree that his very garment was saturated with healing power. And this power was available to her. But what activated this power was her faith. Her faith accessed and activated the power. Now, we have PG&E in this area, right? We use PG&E here. Now, when someone comes here in the morning... The power is already here. The power is already present. But if you walk into this sanctuary at 6 a.m. in the morning, it's dark. But we have a switch back there beyond that door over there. All you've got to do is open the door and find the switch and turn the switch on and the power comes on. In other words, there is a switch that activates the power that PG&E has made available to us. Likewise, there is a switch that activates the power that God has made available to all of his kids. And I'm telling you that faith is the switch. Now, in her case, her tongue was involved in activating the power. You could say that your tongue is the switch that activates the power of God. Remind you, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, let's look over at Luke chapter 5. And, uh, and of course, uh, this is review for many of you. For some of you, it may be the first time. Say it with me. Faith is the switch that activates the power. Now, let's just build a little foundation here. And then I want to share with you some things that I believe the Lord gave to me uh, this evening. In Luke, the fifth chapter... And notice with me in the 17th verse, and it says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sending by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and what was present to heal them? The power of God was present to heal them. Now, we we read it on further. Amen. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could find by no other way that they might bring him in, because the the house was full, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. And when Jesus, what did he see? Jesus saw their faith. In this case, the power that was present to heal them was activated by their actions. By activated by their actions. I mean, they so wanted their friend to be healed that they went on top of the roof and let him down right through the roof so that they could get him to Jesus. So your tongue, amen, activates the power of God. But your actions of faith and your corresponding actions of faith also 
turn the switch. I mean, access, glory to God, the power of God. So say with me, my words and my actions are the switch that activates the power of God. Now, in these particular cases, we know that the power was present to heal them. So we could say then that there's power to heal. But did you know that there's also power to restore? Did you know that there's also power to get your needs met? Over in Deuteronomy, he says, I've given you the power, the authority, if you will, to get wealth. Amen? How about a broken relationship? Is there power to heal a broken relationship? You better believe there is. I mean, two people on the verge of divorce... They get the power of God moving in their marriage and they activate that power through faith-filled words and faith-filled actions and start living in love and walking in love toward one another. You better believe the power of God is going to go right into that marriage and bring restoration. Amen? Hey, the power of God will also uh, restore a messed up mind. Anybody ever had a messed up mind before? I'll raise both hands. I mean, before I was born again, I had a very unsound mind. But when I came into the kingdom of God and the king came in me through the renewal of my mind, he took an unsound mind and gave me the mind of Christ. So that power is available to make an unsound mind sound. But you've got to flip the switch. You've got to declare, you must say, I have the mind of Christ. You must say and you must declare, God's healing my marriage. You must say and you must declare, He's the glory and the lifter of my head. No more down days for me. No more sad days for me. My days of depression and oppression are over. Amen. Amen. So God is omnipotent. That's a real strong theological word. Aren't you impressed? God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. You see, the power of the Lord was present to heal the doctors of the law. The power of the Lord was present to heal the Pharisees. But none of the Pharisees and none of the doctors of the law got healed. You know why? Because they reasoned away the power. They were living out of their head and not out of their heart. And so, in such a case, the power of the Lord can be in a church present to do anything that people will believe Him for if they'll just get their head out of the way and just open up their heart to the power and say, I'm taking the power of God now. It is mine. In the name of Jesus. So that's our foundation of some things I'm going to say. Here's my notes right here. Look at how scribbly that is. I can't even read them myself. Now, one of the things that happens to people is once they activate the power of God, if it doesn't happen right away, they deactivate it. Okay? In other words, they turn the switch of faith on, but then through the process of time, they turn it off. They get discouraged. They lose hope. They get in envy. Well, God did it for Pastor Tom. He ain't done it for me yet. That deactivates or that causes the switch of faith to be turned off. So what I want to talk to you about just for a little while tonight is keeping the switch of faith turned on. And how do we do that? How do we do that? 
Somebody says, how did you learn these things? Because I've had it on and I've had it off. And any time I've had it off, it ain't been good. But once I had it off and I got it back on, like Pastor Tom just said, on is a whole lot better. Amen. Say it with me. I'm keeping the switch of faith. I'm keeping the switch of faith turned on. Now, you've got to know, number one, that God's given you faith. You've been given the measure of mountain-moving faith. So faith isn't something that we pray for. Faith is something that we have because we've been born of God. And when you're born of God, all that God has comes into you. Amen. We could look at it this way. We've been born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. In the seed that you have been born again by, faith resides. The love of God is on the inside of us. The wisdom of God is on the inside of us. The gift of righteousness is on the inside of us. Amen? So say it with me, I have faith. I have the measure of mountain-moving faith. See, you can't very well slip the uh, switch of faith on if you don't think you have it. But you have it. Amen. Now, here's how we need, here's how we keep the switch of faith turned on. In other words, here's how we keep the power of God that we activated working in us, working in our marriage. Working in our pocketbook. Working in our mind. Working in our bodies. Here's how we do it. Well, look with me to Hebrews chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 14. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep it on. Don't turn it off. Stay in faith. Amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14 says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. What kind of a high priest do we have? Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Read the rest of it with me. Let us hold fast our profession or let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. Or in other words, let us hold fast. Fast to faith-filled words. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 23. Hebrews the 10th chapter and the 23rd verse. This will help all of us between I believe I have received from the time we've activated the power until the manifestation comes. Now sometimes manifestations come immediately. How many of you love those instant manifestations? Amen? I love them too. And we should believe God for the suddenlies and for the immediates. But sometimes, for some reasons, there seems to be a lapse between the time we've activated the power and the manifestation comes. So that's what I want to talk to you about, is what do you do in the in-between time? Jerry Savelle said years ago, he said, it seems as if I live my entire life between the amen and the here it is. Anybody ever been there? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Now notice with me these words again. Hold fast. Let us hold fast to the profession or the confession of our faith. Notice, without what? Without wavering. Now you all know the word real well here on Sunday night. But let me remind you, in James 1, the Bible says, 
He that wa- when you waver, you're like a, a, a person that's tossed to and fro and driven, you know, and up and down. When you're wavering, you're wondering. So to keep out of the waves, if you will, we must hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, knowing full well that my Father is faithful. Say this with me. My Father is faithful. So hold fast to the confession of your faith. The book of Revelation says this. Hold fast that that thou hast. Now, when you activate the power of God for your healing, you need to understand that it's yours right now. You don't need to pray again for the same thing. You just need to thank God and praise God that it's yours right now. That's what Jesus said. He said, you know, when you pray, believe you receive. And you shall have them. Your job is to believe you receive them. His job is to see to it that you have them. Amen. So in that period of time, just hold fast. Just hold fast. And not only that, don't try to make something come to pass in your own strength. Don't try to, to, don't allow yourself to get stressed over the fact that it ain't happened yet. Are you listening to me? Just, just in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, they which have believed. You have believed, haven't you? Did you activate the power? Amen. If you have believed, those which have believed, hold fast to the word of God. But they also enter into rest. And when you enter into his rest, you cease from your own labors. You cease from the strivings of your flesh. You cease from the ingenuity of the intellect trying to work it out. And you just, in your heart, you say, thank you, Lord. I trust you. It's mine I have it now. I refuse to worry about it. I just want to thank you that it is finished and it is done. Amen. Just raise your hands up and say, thank God. It is finished and it is done. Now, here's another thing that we can do. All of us can do once we've activated the power. Here's how you can keep the switch of faith turned on. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans, the fourth chapter, the 17th verse. You know, God made a promise to Abram, didn't he? Does anyone know what the promise to Abraham was? The promise to Abraham was, I have made thee a father of how many nations? I made you a father of many nations. And, of course, Abraham got impatient and Sarah got impatient. And so they brought Hagar over. And, uh, you know, Abraham, you know the story, went into the maid and they produced an Ishmael. Well, an Ishmael is a type of the flesh. This is what happens when we get in the flesh and we get out of rest. We try to produce things in our own strength. Okay? And today there's still the problems with Ishmael. (laughs) But finally they got to a place of rest. And here's where it shows it in verse 17. He said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. You see, according to God, it's done before it happens. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. I mean, in the natural realm, for Abraham and Sarah, all hope was gone. Right? 
But thank God we serve a God who quickens the dead. He can quicken the reproducing powers in your body. If He can quicken your body out of darkness into light, He sure enough can quicken your pocketbook. He sure enough can quicken your mind. So He quickened. He quickened them. And this God with whom we serve calls those things which be not as though they were. That's what God was doing. He said, I have made you the father of many nations before he was the father of many nations. In other words, God calls those things which be not as what? As though they were. Now, notice the next verse. Here's a big key now to keeping the switch of faith turned on. Next verse. Who against hope? When all natural hope was gone, Abraham believed in hope. What do you mean he believed in hope? I thought all natural hope was gone. Yeah, but the, the natural hope was gone, but Abraham tapped into the God kind of hope. And the God kind of hope is an earnest expectation based upon something that God has said. See, faith is the firm foundation that my hope stands on. In, in uh, Hebrews 11:1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so faith, the Word of God, is your firm foundation that your expectation stands on. Because you have a Word, you can hope. Because you have a Word from God, you can expect it to happen. Amen. Say it with me. I'm expecting good things from the God of hope. So who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Notice verse 19. Verse 19 says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. How many of you know your body will cry out? Your pocketbook will cry out. Sometimes it seems like your mind will go haywire. But Abraham didn't consider that. He didn't consider his body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Notice the next verse in verse 20. Here's what he did and here's what you can do. He staggered not. He staggered not. He considered not and he staggered not. How many of you know there's some knots that you ought not to do? He considered not. He staggered not. At what? At what? What was the promise of God for Abraham? I have made you the father of how many nations? So he didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But here's what he did. He was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God. Now listen. Just as God calls those things which be not as though they are, amen, as though they were, you are a child of God and you can imitate your Father and you can call the things that are not as though they were. You think, you see, the thing that may not be in your life right now is the manifestation hasn't come. But you can say, in the name of Jesus, I'm calling my body whole. I'm calling myself debt free. I'm calling my marriage healed. I'm declaring every organ, every tissue of my body is functioning in the perfection to which God created to function. I'm going to call those things which be not 
according to the promises of God, as though they were. And I'm going to do that until they are. So that then, again, is part of your words and part of the actions of your faith, keeping the switch of faith turned on. Amen? How many of you have got some debt in your life? Got some debt. You owe some money. I owe some money. You got some debt? Well, you can either get bummed out about that debt or activate the power of God to get out of debt. And then use common wisdom and practical things you can do to get out of debt, but never factor out the anointing and never factor out the grace of God and His enablement to get you to the land of debt freedom. But while you're on the way to the land of debt freedom, over here you need to be calling those things which be not as though they were. Just look at your bills and just laugh at them and say, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. I call this building paid in the name of Jesus. I call my body well in the name of Jesus. That's what faith does. It calls, it summons those things which be not as though they were. And when you do that, brother, you're keeping the switch of faith turned on. Well, somebody says, how long? Do I have to call those things which be not as though they were? Until they are. Until they are. So, hold fast the confession of your faith. Call those things which be not as though they were. And then just be like Abraham. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But he grew stronger in faith day by day. But Now, here's another key. The way that he grew stronger in faith day by day was not by pushing every button and pulling in every leather, lever, a lever and getting all burnt out and bummed out. The Bible says he just simply gave glory to God. He just gave glory to God. Can you give glory to God? Can you wake up in the morning and lift up your hands and just say, Lord, I give you glory. I magnify your name, Lord. Matter of fact, this day I set myself from the time the sun comes up till it goes down at night. I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you that it is finished and it is done. Hallelujah. You do not have to have the manifestation to please God. You do not have to be out of debt to please God. Everything in your life does not have to be perfect for you to get to a point where you please God. All you must do is live by faith. And when you as a son and as a daughter of a faith God live by faith, he looks at you, Raul, he looks at you and said, this is my daughter, this is my son, I'm well pleased with him. I'm well pleased with him. It pleases God when we trust Him. It pleases God when we trust Him. So keep the switch of faith turned on. Say it with me. I will keep the switch of faith turned on. And then look with me again over at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse... Well, let's look over at Ephesians chapter 6. I think we did a good job on hope. How many of you know what hope is? Say this with me. My hope hope in God God is based on on 
the promises of God. I have faith in the promises of God. And the promises of God are my firm foundation. Therefore, I stand on the word. I stay in the word. And my expectation remains at a high level because I know my God does not lie. And it's just a question of time, matter of time, before it comes to pass. Amen? Woo, glory to God. I've seen this happen in my individual life. I've stood on things for years and years and years and years. Somebody says, it took you that long? Well, perhaps my faith wasn't where it should have been. But I thank God that I got the manifestation. See, you need to just throw the clock away. Because here's what will happen. If you look at the clock too much, it will get you under condemnation. The devil will be right there to lie to you and tell you, well, you man of faith and power, you're really a man of paste and flour. Who do you think you are preaching the Word of God and you standing against this and standing against that? You just need to learn to resist that. And that's another key to keeping the switch of faith turn on. Resist the lies of the devil and the lies of the devil will flee from you. I heard someone say years ago, instead of resisting the devil, most Christians are assisting the devil. Well, how do we assist the devil? By listening to his lies. No, we're not to listen to his lies. We're to take his lies captive. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The mighty word of God, the mighty Holy Spirit, the mighty name of Jesus, faith in the blood of Jesus are the weapons of our warfare. And they're not carnal, but oh, I'm telling you, they're mighty through God and they will pull down every lie of the enemy. Say it with me. I'm not going to assist the devil. I'm resisting the devil. Now, Look over to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Man, you're listening so good. We're making progress. We're making some really good progress. Now, this is practical teaching. But this can be your assignment for the week. Just write this down as a checklist and just know that the enemy's going to come. Just know that the enemy's going to try to discourage you. I mean, that's what he does. He has never encouraged anybody. He is the author of discouragement. He comes to steal, right? Number one, he comes to steal the word of God that was sown in our hearts. And once he's stolen the word of God, the next thing he'd like to do is kill us. But he can't kill us because he can't steal from us. Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 6. Notice with me in verse 10. Verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? Of his might. Let's look at verse 11. Verse 11 says this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against who? Against the wiles, the strategies of the enemy. One of the strategies of the enemy is to get you to look at your circumstances. And, and just, whoa, man, this is... This is This is really huge. That's a deceit. That's a strategy. Now, verse 12 says, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, notice the next verse. Wherefore, wherefore, take unto you... In other words, because there's a battle arrayed against your soul, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now notice this last phrase. Here's what I want you to see. 
and having done all to stand, and notice the next verse, he says, stand therefore. If you have done everything you know to stand, amen, between the amen and the here it is, you just keep standing. Just be like a rock, unmovable. I'm standing on the promises of God. Having done all to stand, stand. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Stand in the armor of God. Stand in the peace of God. Give glory to God. Stand and resist, and you will accomplish that which you have gone after in faith. Now close with this, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews the 10th chapter, the 35th and the 36th verse. Hebrews chapter 10. Say it with me, faith in the power. I activate the power of God by faith. I access his great power for my marriage by faith. You access a sound mind that he's made available to you by faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 35 and verse 36. Thank God I'm getting help tonight. I'm receiving from the Lord. Hallelujah. Now notice here in verse 35, it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence. Well, he wouldn't tell us to not cast away our confidence if we couldn't cast away our confidence. So he, he, he encourages us, don't let your fearless confidence go. In other words, don't fling it away. Which hath great recompense of reward. Remember, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So he says, don't cast away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Here's verse 36. Here's another key to you keeping the switch of faith turned on. Notice with me in verse 36. Let's read it together. Come on, guys, read. For you have need of patience. Look at your neighbor and say, you really have need of patience. It's like the guy said, I, I, I want patience and I want it now. He says, for you have need of patience. What, what's another word for patience? Somebody help me out. Long suffering. What's another word for patience? Endurance. Endurance. That's the word I'm looking for. For you have need of patience, long suffering. You have need of endurance. Endurance. That after you have done the will of God. That after you have activated the power of God, you may receive the promise. That's just another way of saying that you may receive the manifestation. But here's a very important key to keeping the switch of faith turned on. And that is patient. Be an enduring Christian. Now look at Luke 21, 19. Luke 21, 19. 
Luke 21.19 gives us a very important truth here concerning patience. Notice this scripture here. He says, in your patience, or with your patience, or with your endurance, he says, in your patience, ye possess your souls. What is it about our souls that tries to go haywire? The emotions, what else? It hadn't happened yet. May never happen yet. But he says, if you will patiently endure and enter into rest, your soul will be at peace. And listen, friends, when your soul is at peace and your spirit is at rest, that is an awesome place to be at. I like what James says. He said this. Look, let's look at that in James 1. I know I said I'm closing, but I'm fixing to. <laughs> James chapter 1. I mean, you guys listen so good, we could preach till 10 o'clock. Don't worry, I'm not. The other night I was in a meeting, I could hardly believe it. I was in a meeting and uh, uh, it, we had a re- really had a big high time, man. Just high time of praise and worship. A high time in the Word, you know, and... I'm thinking, well, it's 10 o'clock, it's time to go. And the gentleman that was preaching back in the 80s, he used to sing, um, How Great Thou Art. And he'd close his meetings with that song. He'd get everybody singing, and man, the service was just on a high note. How great thou art. And I thought he was going to walk off the stage. And it was 10 o'clock. He says, now let's open our Bibles. We'll get in the Word. (laughs) I got back to my hotel room at quarter to 12, and that service started at 7. But man, I was flying high. I was flying higher than a Georgia pine, man, because revelation was flowing. Now, you just don't preach that long to take up time, but when the anointing is there, you can do that. Amen? Amen. Well, I promise I'm not going to preach tonight till 10. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And here's another point. We should not get so nervous in church and be clock-minded. I mean, you don't want to just have a long service to have a long service. Say, oh, man, we started church at 11 and got out at 3, but there were only two people left by 3 o'clock. We had one of them long services. And the next week, one person showed up. No, you don't want to be having long service just to be having long services. Amen. You know, uh, in mentoring young people, young pastors and young ministers, I would tell them, don't preach beyond the anointing. Don't, don't keep people there long. Know how to seal the deal. Amen? Amen. Say what needs to be said and shut up. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. I heard a few amens there. (laughs) Hallelujah. You've got to learn how to seal the deal. But on the other hand, you don't want to be nervous in the service. 
And, and you don't want to think just because, you know, we got out at 1230 last week. Well, we'll get in faith to be out at 1215. Glory. <laughs> then we can beat Brother Jones, the Black Bear Diner. No, 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 no. We want to eat the whole roll. We want to get everything that God's got for us. And you know, sometimes we've missed it by having that kind of attitude. We've missed it by, by feeling like we just got to get out. We got to get out. We need to ask ourselves, what are we in such a hurry to get out for? A sandwich? The news? The end of the Major League Baseball game? Those things have no eternal value for you and me. Amen? Amen. The Word of God has eternal value. The moving of the Holy Spirit has eternal value. Praise the Lord. Come on, shout with me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm telling you what, I just felt something coming down from Washington State. Pastor Brenda's crews are preaching and shouting and dancing. We don't want to let them outdo us. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Thy words were found and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Come on, somebody, give a little joy out tonight. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I can remember Brother Hagen doing this down in healing school. There were a couple guys that ate over at the Monterey Mexican restaurant. How many of you know that Mexican food will put you out in the afternoon like none other? I went and had me some chicken fajitas for lunch today. Pastor Brenda called me on the phone and I'm dozing. Yeah, right. Amen. Talk to you later. You know. But these guys had, had just loaded up on Mexican food. Across the street from Rama, they had this Monterey Mexican restaurant. Man, and you could get all you could eat for about a buck ninety-nine or so. And these boys were just full. And Brother Hagen, you know, he's preaching and, and teaching. And, you know, it probably felt like some of the 9 a.m. services feel around here. Oops. Uh, hey, wait a minute. I didn't mean that. And... Uh, and these boys, <laughs> sweet lips, these boys, their eyes were getting heavy. And their eyes were just, you could, you could kind of see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> Brother Hagen saw that. And he walked up to one of them, kicked him in the leg, you know, softly, and says, Get excited, boys! <laughs> Hallelujah! Get it, boys, get excited! Oh, yeah, 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 amen. That's right. The prophet says, get excited. I'm excited. Yeah, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself and say, get up in the morning. Get excited, boy. Get excited, girl. This is the day that the Lord has made. Come on, somebody. Get excited. Get excited about the things of God. Get excited about the Word of God. Get excited! Woo! Well, Pastor, I'm excited. 
But do I have to act like it? Yes. <laughs> so I can just see Brother Hank. Get excited, boys. I love it, don't you? And then he would say, he said, and that's when the Word of God will begin to work for you. When you get so excited about the Word, just so thrilled with the Word that you can hardly take it. You can hardly stand it. You just so full of the Word that the Word of God begins to dominate your thought life. It dominates your social life. It dominates your marriage. The Word of God just takes you over. Amen? Amen. Don't let that fall on unexcited ears tonight. <laughs> Woo, you ought to try this sometime. James chapter 1. In closing, James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren and my sistren too, count it all joy between the amen and the here it is. When you're tempted to give in, you're tempted to give up. When your body's aching and your mind is wavering, count it all joy. Get yourself a hallway like I have at home. I call it Hallelujah Hallway. Brent and I will run up and down the hallway and go, Whoo, thank you, Lord. What would you say the offering was? Two cents. Oh, thank you, Lord. What would you say the doctor said? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah Hallway. Count it all joy. Get happy in the promises of God. You know, life was never meant to be all bummed out, all sad, all forlorn. You do know that it ain't going to be very long before you and I are no longer here and we're in a place called heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And no matter what may be going on in your life, I just want you to know this is not your home. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. And so the light afflictions that we're going through right now are nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that you and I are going to experience. Amen? So count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. Now know this, that the trying of your faith, it works patience or endurance. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire and perfect. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing means that the man from the station is on its way. Amen. Let's stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.